This week, it's a night for the ages as we usher in a new era of professional wrestling. We have the first episode of AEW Dynamite, the first two-hour NXT on USA, and most importantly, the first episode of this show. Is this the night that changes everything? We'll make sense of it all tonight on Heel Alternative. Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019, and welcome to episode one of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's podcast covering AEW, NXT, and other happenings in the world of wrestling outside Vince's purview. I'm your host, John Garrickski Maxwell. Heck of a show for you tonight. We got, hey man, we got all sorts of stuff. We got the first episode of AEW Dynamite. We got the first NXT on USA that is f- the full two hours. Whole bunch of stuff happening there. Uh, but before we get into it, yeah. This is our crazy new show that we're doing. It's Wednesday night, and it's me, and not Owen. But I got some other cool people with me here, finally breaking their walls down, coming out from behind the paywall. I got Oscar Bernard. Hey, what's up? And I got Trace Evans. Hey, how you doing? When the lights go down, when they come back, oh, I can't do the intro anymore. Damn it. I'm glad you've taken this over. The lights have come back on, and it is me. But who's that John... standing there in the ring? My God! Extreme violence, John Maxwell. E- EV 2.0? <laughs> what? That sure, was, that, yeah. That was, that was TNA's stable of uh, ECW originals, because yeah. the whole idea was to chant EV dub, because they didn't have the right... That sounds exactly like something they would do, to be perfectly honest. I hate everything about this already. Yeah, this is why I never watched uh, fucking TNA. Yeah, no kidding. And that's cool. It had its moments. I mean, you were trying to convince us before we were going the air that, like, Impact is maybe good. Impact is... Impact is better than fucking Raw and SmackDown have been. Well, yeah, that's why we have this show. Because Impact is better than... Impact's better than fucking Ring of Honor. Like, I don't know if you understand this, guys, but hey, I can break the kayfabe here. This is the way that I get out. Yes, exactly. This is where we get into the good wrestling. The stuff that we don't want to talk about is over there on Mondays. It's away from us. Honestly, honestly, enjoy wrestling again. This was just my way of backdooring my way into making Owen break his promise that I will never be allowed on pro wrestling. Cool again. Fair. I mean. I hate to also reveal my other secrets, but I do. I did figure out the loophole where we can fire you from the podcast, but still get your Patreon money. So, don't make me have to pull that. He has no response. I'm, 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 I'm curious what the loophole is because, because frankly, I want to pull my Patreon money just because the fact that you're making me put give money on Patreon says that you're anti-union capitalist pigs. Hey, you got to take that up with the boss, man. I'm, I'm also working for free here, too. Yeah, same. Well, well... V- Owen, Venmo'd I am John. Can, can, we, can, we, can we send Owen to the guillotine? Look. Absolutely we can. But look, before we do that, we got to, you know, we got to just talk about some things. Like, hey, this is our crazy new show that we're doing. And it's really exciting and really fun. And yeah, you know, 
we're still figuring some things out, and, like, we're going to work out the kinks over the next couple weeks. But, like, hey, we're glad that you're coming on this ride with us and this experiment with us. And I'm really excited for it. I'm really glad to have both of y'all here with me. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, honestly, I can't think of two people I would rather be doing a wrestling podcast with. Fuck yeah. That sounded shadier than I intended it. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to take it as sincere and appreciate it. So, you know what? Let's just go with it. It is sincere. I build up my friends. See, we're all about the good vibes here. We're about being posy. We're about being plur. We want to have some fun and have a good time here. While also, you know, not putting up with any stupid bullshit. And Lord knows I'm sure there was a bunch of it tonight. This is an audio podcast, but it's Trace Vogan. No, no. I was just doing the plur vibes. I'm sorry. Okay. Plur, voguing, six of one, half dozen of another. Hell yeah. H2O, lean, same thing. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, look, Drag Race UK starts tomorrow, so. Oh, I, I actually completely forgot that that's starting. Yeah, no, that starts tomorrow. Who's the host of that? RuPaul. Damn. Okay. Yeah, RuPaul, Michelle Visage, and uh, Graham Norton. Yeah, Graham, that makes sense. Yeah, Graham Norton makes total sense for that. Oh my god, that makes yeah. like the most sense. <laughs> yep. And and uh, and uh, Adam Carr or Alan Carr, or whatever his name is. But that's not the TV show that I've allowed you to discuss tonight. Maybe next week we'll consider it. But let's let's actually get into the meat of things here. So you know, we got a crazy new lineup of shows here. We got NXT going at it. We got. AEW starting. It is the beginning of the Wednesday Night War. It is here, gentlemen. Yes. And so I think it's just like, I think it would be good just, you know, before we really get into, you know, what happened tonight, just to start off with just like, you know, obviously people have heard what I've said about, you know, both shows on the regular, on the mothership daddy of talking about how, you know, look, NXT, I was definitely very skeptical about it going to two hours, and uh, they have definitely proven me wrong, and it's been very exciting. And AEW, I've been, like, way stoked on. But yeah, like, just for the people at home uh, that maybe haven't been listening behind the Patreon wall, like, just give some cliff notes here uh, of the, the classic alternative content. Uh, what what you guys been thinking about the all the AEW stuff that's happened so far? I'll just go on the, the record and say, I think AEW, for coming out of all the pay-per-views and stuff, they were kind of up and down all the way through. Like, All Out was, I think, highly successful with some little problems in the midst. Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen and that were kind of spotty. And Double or Nothing, and we all know, it's like, had some classics. And, but as we're going through, it's like, there's still some moments here you're thinking, oh god, they could still fuck this up really bad. Oh, this could still be terrible. You know? And you're thinking, okay, how, how can they handle this? Now they're outside of pay-per-view. Now they have actual advertisements, ad breaks, and have to deal with the actual television push and pull. And so I'm a little apprehensive with that. And, you know, they've got these decent stories built up, but they're not like 20-minute promo stories. They're just kind of like more New Japan style. We show our action in the ring and occasionally with vignettes outside the ring. But, you know, it's... I was kind of like, okay, how are they going to tie this all together on a show? And I I think I'll let someone else speak before I talk about how it landed. Um, yeah, let, let's yeah, let, let's just go back to uh, Oscar. Let, let's let hear what you th- have to say about like all the shows that have happened up to now. So my thoughts on AEW, I think I definitely echo Trace in in a lot of it in the sense of AEW has been consistently really good 
There has been some AEW stuff that I don't think is working. Um, and I feel like I'm maybe not as hot on everything... As hot on everything as Trace might be. Like, um, I thought tonight had some... I don't want to say issues, because now that Trace mentions the more New Japan-style stuff, it's like... I can see... It's like, okay, this is maybe just not something I'm used to, per se. But it's definitely... It's not something I'm used to, and I don't know... And there's some stuff I would like to see in here, as far as, like, promos and stuff is concerned. But, uh... Ultimately, I think AEW's pretty good. Cool. Obviously... being at Double or Nothing was a fucking magical experience. Yeah, I mean, you definitely yeah. have, like, the one experience that neither of us have of you've actually seen this fucking nonsense live, and that's really cool. Yeah, it is. I, I saw the show, I saw the first ever show live, and even if AEW fucking crashes and burns, you know, I will always get to say I was at the first AEW show. We could have been at this one. We could have... I was down to do it, and then... I know! I didn't have money, it turns out! Venmo, I am John. Exactly. Thank you, Trace. Can, can we See, your, that's how we get the brand in there. Can we get your roommate on the podcast so we can all yell at him for you, for you missing the show? I mean, look. We can't get him on here because the one that you're thinking of is long gone uh, because of his drug problem that I had to kick him out for. But that's a topic oh. for another time. Let's get another little check in here. Have any of y'all been following NXT? No. Uh, well, so let me talk about some NXT. Okay. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, no. You want to talk about oh, how... this is going. You want to talk about how the Wednesday Night War is going? You know what was on tonight on, uh, on the channel in Canada that airs WWE programming? Sportsnet? You know What's what was that, on Oscar? tonight from 8 to 10 p.m. on a Wednesday night? What Reruns! Of poker! Reruns of poker! Well, yeah, clearly that's more important than NXT. You know, you know, look, during Maybe the... George Broussard was there. I don't fucking know. I don't... I don't... <laughs> how the fuck did we let poker air on TV? Who decided I've that's a sport? I've been wearing that for like a decade. <laughs> um... But no, look, I mean, just like how during the original Monday Night Wars, um, Nitro never aired on, never aired live, it always aired after Raw, because they shared the same network in Canada. So there was no actual Monday Night War in this country. Uh, There's no actual Wednesday Night War in this country, because WWE has decided, fuck Canada, as as they often have decided. I mean, they do have a long history of not liking Canada, it's very true. Let me tell you about Survivor Series 1997. Okay. <laughs> Bret Hart was the WWF champion in Montreal, and he had to face Shawn Michaels, who's a fucking asshole, and I will never forgive Shawn Michaels no matter how much Jesus he's found. Is this a Freaky Freddy bit? No! This is... We're one of the same, John! We're one of the same! True, we are. So, okay. Clearly, y'all haven't been following NXT. Uh, So, let's... I I was following NXT until two weeks ago. Mm. Well, they they still put it up on the network the next day. But it's not as much... But, like, the thing is, it's live sports. Once I already know what happens, it's like... I'm less inclined to check out a show once I know what's going to happen. 
So basically, you are the person. You are the person that Fox is looking for when they put SmackDown on it. Yes. No. I'm. Ex- I'm. I am. I'm honestly the the most. I am the probably the perfect wrestling fan because I'm. I'm. I'm still marky enough that I'm not going to be like, oh, fucking, you know, Roman Reigns shouldn't have a championship because of backstage politics and, but it's like. I will watch all the shows. I will buy the merch. I will be invested in your storylines. Ah, woo! Fist gun! Chuck, chuck! <laughs> Fuck you. Roman Reigns is cool. Jerk off. My fist penis. <laughs> if, I had a, if I had a penis that looked like a fist, I would jerk it off. Would you Superman punch people with it? I mean, no, because that's assault. Good answer. All right, so let's get the obvious question then out of the way. What did we all watch tonight? I primarily watched NXT, and I had a uh, AEW running in the background and would periodically check on it. Although, little note here, uh, the TNT app for the iPad, fucking awful. That shit just kept crashing my fucking <coughs> iPad. Huh, get a that's better, interesting. Get a, get a new iPad. My iPad is, like, barely two years old. <laughs> John, technology's built to last like six months. Let me tell you about planned obsolescence. <laughs> tell this, me later. What did y'all watch? I, I watched uh, AEW. Yeah, Dynamite. I had to watch it basically because, number one, I'm doing these stats that I'm taking out that are kind of weird because it's a whole kayfabe promotion. And it's true. You are the stats master. But, hey, it's a kayfabe promotion built around stats. Like, they're literally showing stats when the wrestlers come out. Yeah, and... After Tony Khan started saying, oh, yeah, this will count for wins and losses, this won't count, or yes, we'll start really considering streaks, I'm thinking, really, I'm going to track this all so you can call out your bullshit when you, you finally decide to go against it. And you know, How did they do tonight? They did very well, actually. Um, there was uh, only two that were, like, not what I expected, and they were both really close. So, if I even look at it here... I mean, I mean. Also, though, the stats were more for like this is how we're going to determine who gets title shots. It's not to necessarily say that an upset can't happen. Right. Exactly. And that's the other thing. It's like it's just more to say like, hey, you know, if we if we book a guy that's like, you know, had a good winning streak, yeah, they're going to get a title shot. But also, just me to call it like, hey, who's really getting the jobber end of the stick here? And that answer is always going to be, by the way, uh, Joey Janela. Sure did. Um. Also, Sammy Guevara, actually. Sammy Guevara's actually lost um, just about as much as Joey Janela at this point. All right, so why don't we get on into it, then? Let's, let's, hear, about, let's hear about the first ever episode of AEW Dynamite that, again, uh, you two watched and saw all of it to its completion, and I just you know, kind of periodically checked in while my iPad wasn't dying. So here's the thing about AEW Dynamite. It had it kind of felt like it had really different vibes all throughout the two hours. Like it started out with a great like fight promo between Cody and Sammy Guevara. It kind of almost struck of like a UFC promo type thing. You know, uh, we're training real hard. We're trying to do this thing. This is who I am. This is what I got to do to win, and so on. And then they had a really. I good did match. think it was interesting that they pretty much started with like a video package. You know, yeah. I like I, I thought it was kind of ballsy. You know, not to get into NXT, but like you know, NXT brought began with a pretty pretentious video, like one of their fucking video packages, being like, "We're the future. We're the, all this shit." And like I was kind of like, "Oh, okay, they're doing their fucking dumb bullshit." But then I realized, like, wait, they got into the match like way quicker than AEW did. Yeah, that I feel there's a reason behind that because AEW's. 
taking all these people and they feel like they have to introduce the world to them. Like, hey, if you're watching on TNT, you probably don't know about NXT. You probably don't know about new wrestling. We're going to assume that maybe you don't know anything about wrestling beyond, oh, I, I know the Stone Cold hmm. and the Rock. And so so like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to, you know, as the, as the ideal wrestling fan, basically... Okay. You know, we, we've established this on the on the Patreon podcasts, but um, you know, as I said, I don't follow Japan. The extent of my knowledge of Japanese wrestling is when Bullet Club is a thing, and I know the guys that I know the guys that are a big deal, but I don't really watch it. So it's like I've heard of Kenny Omega, but I've never really seen any of his matches. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely someone that could probably, or and I don't really follow much indie wrestling. Like I was definitely a WWE. Like the closest I got to indie wrestling was NXT, right? And so Fair. I'm definitely someone that the video packages really benefit. Yeah, and I think everything throughout the show was intended to make sure that anytime you looked at a match, or you know, all bell to bell, let's say, because some of them obviously, if you're tuning in part way, you're not going to know who these people are, but. After those matches, you got a pretty clear idea of who Brandon Cutler is, nerd. MJF, asshole. You know, and then show off two tag teams that aren't performing, but, you know, one's cool and the other's assholes. And one of them is friends with Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, one of them's, you know, going at Jay and Silent Bob, which, uh, you know, after you know, being screamed at by Chris Van Vliet, I guess it makes sense. But Who is Chris Van Vliet? He's a interviewer who used to work Hollywood stuff in Florida. I mean, look, it's pretty clear that Joey Janela just has a beef with anyone else from New Jersey. I mean, remember, he tried to kill the unnamed one. Yeah, that's true. But it wasn't Joey Janela. It was the uh, neon scumlords of uh, Jack Evans and Anhedico. Oh, right. Then. Who were trying to be shitlords. Um, but yeah, like... Look, Jack I Evans can... and Joey Janela, at a passing glance, it kind of looks similar, okay? Yeah. So, I I will say this. I think my biggest surprise of the night... uh, My two biggest surprises of the night. One of them I'll get into later. But um, probably Sammy Guevara wound up being like, holy shit, this guy guy can go. He's going to be a big star one day. I I actually did see him at an MLW show a year ago. And yeah, he's really talented. Like, I'd never seen him before that. And he's really good. Yeah, I think it was a good idea to put him on the first show. Even though it didn't look the part. You give him a good video... You let him shine with like a guy who can make sure he looks like a million bucks one or another in Cody, who is an old school worker but still solid as hell. And I, I, I think, think they, I think they chose the wrong match to be the opener, though. I don't know if there's a better match in this card to open. Hangman, Hangman, and Pac, just because the first match is a classic Cody slower old school style match. Mm-hmm. I think for your first introduction, the more athletic, fast-paced, spectacular Page Pac match would have been like if I'm a if I'm a fan that's like I'm gonna I haven't watched wrestling in a while I'm gonna check out what's going on and then I see this slow build match between between two kind of average looking guys. Maybe I'm out of my element here, but I, I do wonder like. Trace, do you think that maybe that's like a, a to its credit though? Like, because to me it sounds like having a slower paced match for like your your first ever show, like your first ever match. Like to me that sounds like okay. Like they they understand like how to book the show and how to have it build like and keep building to something. Like that to me it sounds like you start off slow and have like a match that's really exciting and has a lot of really fun moments. <coughs> as I definitely saw and seeing fucking Sammy Guevara doing standing shooting star presses, like. Oh. 
I, I think I'll disagree on two extents here. Like, oh. I, I think you do want to start slow, but I think you want the first match still to have that kind of pop that Oscar's talking about. Okay. That said, I actually still think the first match was good for guard because I think they had they were in fear of something bigger than like having the high flying stuff. I just think they didn't want to botch the first match. And that's fair. I, I think that's the biggest thing you're scared of is because if you're this no name promotion, and let's face it, even though they've had like four pay per views, but at this point they're still kind of a no name promotion. No, they're absolutely no name. And if you botch in your first match and you do it in such a way that everybody's going to notice, and Hangman Pac had some moments where you could kind of say there are some botchy bits there. They recovered very well because they're freaking handmaid and puck, thank you very much. But it's still, you need that solid, safe match to say, hey, we can do this and not be like Sin Cara's all around. So, you know, as much as I hate, the, as much as I hate to see this match again, you know what a really good first match would have been between a bunch of guys that you know aren't going to botch? The Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Yeah, I feel like they should have... They think they went one too many on that one. You know, here's the thing. But... If they didn't have the ladder match at All Out, and instead it's like, we are going to have the ladder match on the first ever episode of Dynamite, that is how you open up your weekly show. Yeah, I... I think you would have killed the crowd, Oda, if you put that match on in, in front of them, like, right to start. Well, yeah. so... So then this gets into my other problem with at least the pacing of this episode. And, you know, I know, Trace, you said that it's more, this is kind of more of what they do in Japan, but I would have liked to have seen more in-ring promos that build storylines. Yeah, see, I don't think this is the week for that personally. I think they barely had time to do that. And I like the way they did the promos they had, by the way. Any promo that was out there either got interrupted by a run-in, which... Best time to do it run-ins, by the way. Don't do it during matches, John Moxley. And or it's you know somebody's entering and cutting a promo or exiting the ring cutting a promo. And I so do like there's that they always... do the. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say yeah, just they're always clearing the ring. They're moving on, so it's not like you're staying off for twenty minutes. Like no, I'm getting out of here, but I'm going to say some words and get the fuck out of here. I do like that they they do the promos like on the the entrance ramp there, like it's fucking Mean Gene on fucking Nitro. Yeah, I mean, that was that was quite good that they had Tony Schiavone just walking out there, which I'm also going to call this out there. I, When you put together a team like Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur, a play-by-play, a play-by-play, and a play-by-play, I'm expecting absolute garbage. And somehow, I think it actually kind of worked in a weird way. Because you huh. had the one guy who could call out the, you know, all the weird moves that the older guys don't understand... You got the guy who's still got a brain in him, uh, and Tony Schiavone, who can still call it the history of stuff, and kind of make reference things. And you got JR who can still call back the emotion and the old school feel of all this stuff. And whenever he falls apart, as he inevitably does, Tony can pick him up. Is it just me, or was JR kind of transitioning more into color anyway? He tends to be that way when he's got another play-by-play working with him. I've, yeah. I think I remember that back in the old Raw days. And honestly, in this these days, that's good for him. He can't do play-by-play. And I think Tony Schiavone bringing in more of the history stuff is also kind of transitioning more into a color role. Has yeah. Tony Schiavone become the new Mike Tanay? Yes. Damn, Unequivocally, yes. And he's a better Mike Tanay than Mike Tanay ever was. Fucking A, I'm in. I mean, I, look, I, I thought I was going to hate Tony Schiavone because some of his like AEW control center stuff kind of reeks of, like, I'm starting to fall apart. 
Here, he had it all together. He was he shined. It's like he barely missed a step from his old Nitro days. He was very good on MLW Fusion when he was doing the the play by play there. Yeah, he still got it. I mean, I'm sold. I he obviously was very good for MLW as well. I bet. Actually, he was kind of more of the color, I guess, considering that he was there with a uh, Rich Botini. Oh yeah, but I mean, still, he's kind of shining a uh, Botini there, anyways. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's Tony fucking Shivani. Exactly. We're out of time. See you on Thunder. Yeah, exactly. I mean, geez, every iconic moment in the Monday Night Wars has a Tony Schiavone quote somewhere in there. That'll put butts in seats. Well, let's keep talking about the greatest night in the history of our sport, which is tonight. Uh, yes. What else happened on the show that you thought was cool? Or maybe not so cool? Um, this might also be a little bit of a hot take, but I loved the ending. No, I, I was actually going on that. The end match, the final match... Very much reeked of old school Monday Night Wars to me in like a fantastic way. Like you got this tag match, and it goes partially to shit when John Moxley runs in there and says, "Oh, by the way, I'm taking Kenny Omega. He's not legal, so it's not disqualification." Bye. Um, runs out and puts Later. him through a, a table and does some hardcore stuff while the Bucks are just putting on a show with uh, LAX or whatever they're going to call themselves when they realize that they're. I think names. I think they're going as proud and powerful P and P. They, they might be that eventually, for sure. I that'd be, that'd be better than just their names. But, I my, it is my understanding that people have tried to tell them you really shouldn't use P and P. Yo, Tony Khan, I hope puts his foot down and does the right thing, but we'll see. What is uh, P and P? I mean, I guess it all depends on how many people in AEW are like active on Grinder. <laughs> uh. Yeah. You want to just sunny kiss? You want to just clarify that one for the podcast? It's a it's a sex thing. I'm aware. I want you to say it's, it. I don't. I don't actually. I don't actually remember what it stands for. But the 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 idea is you say that in the context of like, hey, I'm looking for someone to do a bunch of drugs and and have sex with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Then I yeah. He alternative, y'all. Yeah. It, it it's party and play. Thanks. No no problem. I'm, it's my it's my role here. So so if I can get to more of the, the ending of this thing, other than like names and things like that, just the fact that it was just so chock full like run ins and people running at each other, just fighting like. Oh no, these two are beating up others, but a third guy's coming in to beat up on those guys. This guy's gonna come up and beat on that guy. This guy's gonna come up and beat on that guy. That is so freaking old school Monday Night Raw or Nitro. Like Faction Wars. And then, and then suddenly a Jake Hager. And then suddenly Jake Hager comes out, and I thought I was gonna hate it, and I'm glad he didn't do the We the People thing because that might be a bad thing these days. Yep. Um, and I mean, he just, he's a heel. He's a heel, but it's also. He just did his moveset, and he still can do it pretty well for a guy who probably should be in a fight camp right now. He's so big and tough. I mean, he's actually been doing some some wrestling stuff here and there. He was recently on an episode of Capital Wrestling, I'll have you know. Oh, shit, no kidding. So yeah. Jake, Jake, Hager, match. Jake Hager was my other really big surprise of the night of just like, oh, shit, dude looks legit. Yeah, yeah, and like I was honestly like I because I will say fully here like I pretty much at a point stopped to like paying attention to uh, to what was going on on NXT when this is all happening. It's like oh shit, what? And yeah, like yeah. 
as someone that really hated the Jake Strong and Lucha Underground run yes. and kind of doesn't typically like Jack Swagger or his, you know, permutations, Jake Hager coming in and looking like this fucking badass, I was like, oh shit, dude looks legit as fuck. And it's also, just the way that Shivani was putting over, like, undefeated at MMA. Like, yeah. all right, I see what you're doing here. And, like, you're trying to do... It's like, they've all, I feel like they've already done what Impact was trying to do with Bobby Lashley and Bellator, but, like, way better. Yeah, they took somebody oh, who actually oh. got the wins. Also, what I think really helps as well is Jake Hager, even though he's only 6'5", looks fucking massive compared to the AEW roster. Like, he looks like a monster. That's very true. It's like pretty much him and Luchasaurus are like the two tallest people. <laughs> and and it's like, you know, and it's like, it just goes to show that how, like, WWE 1 still uses just a bunch of big dudes and he doesn't stand out there, but boy, does he look unique here. Yeah, and, like, I think that's a really good point here, is that, like, I feel like, you know, from the little bit I saw here, like, everyone here looks unique. Like, they look like, they don't look like the fucking, what I typically see when I watch, like, a wrestling show. Like, yeah, okay, NXT is definitely, like, you know, in a similar vein to this, but, like, still, there's something about AEW and the way that it, I feel like it's presenting itself, and from, like, the little bit I could see here, that's, like, it's just, it feels different. Yes, it really does, and I, I'm kind of... I'm still thinking about it, and I'm just energized by the idea. It's like it, it doesn't feel like they're going to go down the same natural tropes. You're going to try something completely different that takes from different styles of wrestling. You know, the no-fuss-just-kind-of-fight of Japan, you know, the old-school run-ins and that sort of madness, and just flat-ass good wrestling in the middle of all this. It's like just you know, fuck that in my veins. There was a comment I read that uh, really put a lot into perspective, perspective about just how good AEW's booking of ex-WWE guys has been so far. When they were just like... Because just after they announced that, uh, I think on the Boston show, they're doing Moxley versus Sean Spears. Yeah. And it's like, that's a match that's really exciting. And as someone pointed out, now imagine that WWE announced Dean Ambrose versus Ty Dillinger on Raw. Would you care? No. Absolutely not. Yeah. That would be like a main event match. Yeah. yeah. And yet AEW has made it has made fucking they made Sean Spears seem legit. They did. Yeah. It's it's really impressive. Yeah. So on the on the same topic of like it just feeling different and having just this different cadence to it, like I, I you mentioned earlier about like you know how you felt like the production was like really interesting. Like I, I kind of want you to elaborate more on that because you know something I definitely think about and again not to get into NXT, but like you know for <coughs> as great as NXT is, as awesome as it is, and as different as it does feel from like the regular WWE stuff, like it still basically in a lot of ways feels like. A WWE show with like an incredible work rate that you just don't typically see. Like, it still feels like you're watching their production, except for like maybe not having all of the worst excesses, like the stupid Kevin Dunn zooms and shit. Like, how do you think that like AEW compares to that? I, I kind of feel like AEW is a lot more relentless in how they produce in general, just for the timing of the matches and the spacing and everything. You barely have room to breathe through all of it, and it's not like for a bad like it's not like um, what would I call it ADHD sort of theater type stuff. It's more like no, it's just 
they're just packing as much as they can into as little bit of time. And the times where they're not packing much action, they're distracting you with something like, I don't know, picture-in-picture ads or something like that. I'm um, so bummed that we don't have those picture-in-picture ads in Canada. Yeah. But I feel like that anytime you'd get the, the, the slow spots of match is when they cut to break, and you could see them in the corner still, you could see them all happening. There wasn't, like, the rest hold of Doom necessarily, at least not in the same way you would in WWE, where it happens for, like, three minutes off camera. <coughs> Look, so I, I, I did have the TNT feed on because I have... I have access to the American feeds for uh, through legal means. Yeah, fair. And um, so I had I had on the TNT feed today, and during that Riho Nyla Rose match, there were times when the commercial was on, and I'm like, "Are they going to do the finish while the commercial's on?" Yeah, I mean that actually also happened a lot on NXT this week, and I, you know, not to get to it, but yeah, I thought that was kind of a problem. Do you think it was? How did it work here? I think I, it was in, okay. In, in this case, I feel like it worked because they had. If I so if I was if I was watching this on the Canadian feed and I didn't have the picture in picture, I'd be like, "What the what the fuck is this match pacing?" But because I had that because I was watching the TNT feed and I had the picture in picture, it was more like exci- It was more like in that exciting anything can happen in AEW kind of vibe. Yeah, I mean, just to call it out, like Nala Rose did her freaking awesome knee drop spot, you know, over the ropes onto Riho and absolutely crushed her to the point where basically catapulted her off the ropes on the ad break. And the crowd was like standing up on their feet, you could see in the background while this happened. So it was like a big spot, but they let it happen during the break. And the other stuff around that was kind of slow hold spots, you know, you know, camel clutch type stuff. That seems to me like a problem because again, like, what, how are you going to do the replays then? Like, uh, unless they just really care about that live thing. Well, that's the like, other thing, though, is that like the the replays when they're doing, um, and I guess maybe this is an answer to your question so much, but when they're like recapping the match, it, they're doing it nitro style where they're just showing all the big spots right there after the match. Like, no, you want to remember what this match, what made it good? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. And then here's the finish. I mean, the obvious answer maybe we'll is... show the the person who won's entrance. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes that. The the obvious answer is if you're uh, if you're going to have wrestling during commercials, you should make every match a two out of three falls match and oh, stop wrestling during the commercial break. I do have to wonder if they are going to like maybe try and give make it so you have a way to watch that like between commercial stuff on the replays because like that. That does seem to be like a problem. Like you know, again, like I feel like, especially with some stuff in NXT. Like if I wasn't able to see some of that, go back and see that, like I'd be pissed. Well, I, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call this out because in Canada we're not getting the replays, and next week, you know, I'm not gonna be at my father's place. I'm not gonna have access to his IPTV to watch the US feeds, and so. I'm going to miss a lot of this shit, and I might not have as positive of a view of matches if all the good shit's during the commercial breaks and I come back to a match of rest holds. Is, uh, are they doing a thing in Canada? Like, you know, we're, cause here in America, uh, it seems like the USA app is just going to be like, it's going to be on there the next day. Like, you can just watch it. Like, um, yes and no. So AEW is airing live on TSN Go, which is $20 a month. Okay, which is great if you like Raptors games because that that app has all the Raptors games on it, and that's why anybody subscribes to it. I feel like the, I hear the Raptors are very winning. Yeah, yeah, no, look, you know, as much as my boy Kawhi Leonard is gone, 
There is no Kawaii Leonard fan art, and I'm mad. Ooh. That's a bummer. But but no, you know, as much as we fucking stalked Kawaii out of the city and crazy ex-girlfriended him. Ooh, ooh. Um, as you do. I hear the Raptors are good. Hooray! All right, let's get back to the, back to the matter of hand here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What, tell me about some other things. Like, where, what matches did you like? Like, you know, we've I know we've talked about like the main event. We talked about the the opening match. Like, I don't know. What'd you think about? Uh, yeah. Like, what'd you think about the women's match? Like, aside from they did a bunch of crazy spots during the commercial break. Actually, I think I, it was the weakest match of all of them. Hmm. I didn't like it, but I I never I never really warmed to Riho. Sorry, Kenny. Likewise, I think Riho yeah, is same. maybe um, not the right person for the championship role at this point. Especially when you've got someone who looks far more badass and far more capable in Hikaru Shida. Yeah. And she hasn't shown up yet because she hasn't moved to America yet. But and, when she does, and, she should get the belt. But also, I don't think Nyla Rose is very good. I... I would like to see now the Rose work somebody other than Riho and see how it works. I, ha- I have on more than one occasion accidentally called her Nyla Jax. I mean, I do the same. Yeah, no, that's that's understandable. But yeah. And it's... I'd like, like, look, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Britt Baker in the mix. Um, like, I'd like to, s- but we, we've talked on the Patreon podcast AEW has a horrible women's roster. Yeah, it's probably the weakest roster of the three they have. Tag, men's, and women's. It's probably the weakest women's roster in North America. I mean, if you don't count Ring of Honor, sure. Ring of, Ring of Honor... Count Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor doesn't count for anything. It's just... Okay, fair. Yeah, alright, fair. If you count, like, WWE, go, NXT, um, and Impact... And then AEW? Yeah, AEW's fourth. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know how NWA's women's roster is. Uh, they have one? Yeah, they just reintroduced the They just the announced title. the title, it's true. Yeah. I don't know that they have a roster, but I know that they introduced the title. I wonder which it's, indie wrestler's a, taking that belt. It's a throwback to the Mildred Burke title with the picture in the middle. Oh. I'm sure, kind of, okay. I'm, I'm kind of into it. But speaking um, of things that you're kind of into, it sounds like you both are kind of into AEW, all things considered. You know, all things I mean, said, yeah. I mean, when this when this goes up, it won't be a visual podcast. But uh, but uh, when you when you watch this live on Twitch, which will eventually be, I think, yeah, I, I am wearing my a- time. I am wearing my AEW baseball hat and AEW T-shirt. AEW. And honestly, after this, and being very glad that the mystery tag team partners were revealed very quickly to be the old LAX and not, like, um, certain people I didn't want it to be, I, I might start buying some AEW merch real soon, because they seem legit. And they seem like so they're here to th- stay, and I think there'd be good competition for NXT. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear that. So where do you think they go from here? Like, what do you, what do you see happening next week? Um, Oscar, you want to lead off on that? Yeah, so next week I next week like I'd like to see next week like I want to see more in-ring promos or backstage promos. I don't I like my problem with my problem with AEW throughout their early pay-per-views and I'm worried that this is going to be my problem now is all their stories are being built on being the elite. I think we're going to get those promos next week. I feel like there's going to be some explanation for why Sammy Guevara 
why Jay Kagar, and why... Ne- T- and Honestly, next week should next week should open with that five-man team explaining what they did. Yeah, and just have Eric Jericho basically saying they all want to be around a champion. I'm a champion. Bubbly. Yeah. Like, like honestly, I that that group, like, Hagar is Jericho's heavy. Um, Hagar is Jericho's heavy. Guevara is just, like, this guy, this guy that can go. And then, uh, and then LAX to, 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 uh, go after the tag teams. That's a good stable. Yeah, I think Jericho's got a good people surrounding him, and they're all kind of believable douchebags. Yeah. Um... How do you feel about the fact that they didn't really f- seemingly follow up on any of the being the elite stuff that they did for Kenny? Um, I feel like that. To me, I, I gotta feel like that's maybe a call from Tony Khan. Like, let's not do the hot mess stuff, and we don't have time for that kind of bullshit. Because hmm. I and, really and felt like they should have paid off on that as well. And you could tell from the very first locker room promo, they were just making him look normal. Like there was no talk about Kenny. You look messed up, and it's like no. He's just doing Kenny Omega shit, which is very generic Kenny Omega shit. This is your first introduction to Kenny Omega, and for a lot of people. So having this weird, beaten down Kenny Omega being your first introduction to Kenny Omega for a lot of people may not jive well. Whereas instead we get him put through a glass coffee table, which was pretty awesome. I mean, also though, here, I, I said this on the Patreon podcasts, but here's my problem with Kenny Omega... Kenny Omega has to start winning matches. Yeah, he does. Kenny Omega, and I said I, I will say this again, Kenny Omega is AEW's Dolph Ziggler. He's a guy that's like, I recognize, hey, you're a really good wrestler, but also you never win, so I don't take you seriously. Hey, beat Shima. Yeah, well, here's what I think needs to happen. I think he needs to start winning extreme matches, and by that I mean he needs to start beating the shit out of people using chairs and tables and... The stuff that he kind of did a little bit in New Japan, but now actually they like, go overboard with it to show that he's ready for Moxley. You've I'd love to see Moxley. I'd love and then to he see loses to Moxley of, and goes all the way insane. I'd love to see kind of a more unhinged kind of heel Kenny Omega, kind of taking it out on like, like starting to just take it out on Joey Janela or Sonny Kiss or Sammy Guevara, like all these guys that are these small dudes that that Kenny can just like believably beat in 10 minutes. I mean, look, if you want a guy to kill, Joey Janelle's your man. Yeah. Uh, Kip's, Kip Sabian. Uh, I, I think Kip to actually have some upward movement, so maybe not him, but yeah, let, let's let's kill Joey Janela, or, I don't know, Darby Allen can take some hits and still look like a million bucks. But, like, I don't want to waste him against all the uh, deathmatch people before we get insane Kenny, though. Right. I mean, there's got to be something to give there, but yeah, they got to start following up and you know showing this is why we built a complete league around Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. We know why for the Young Bucks. We don't yeah. really know why yet for Kenny if you didn't watch. Yeah. One uh, final question for our uh, AW discussion for this yeah. week: Does it feel like there's a war going on when you watch this show? I'm going to say no. I don't feel like they were trying to take shots at anybody. I felt like they were just trying to do their own thing. Um, I'm going to say it feels like there's a war going on only because you look at the crowd and there's just an atmosphere there. Like, in a vacuum. Yeah, true. In there's a vacuum, literally a man with a sign that said Vince fears ratings. Yeah, yeah, that is true. 
Like, in a vacuum, I agree. No, this doesn't feel like a war. But I think the context of what this show means, and anybody that's watching this show knows what's going on. Yeah. I think the fans are going to stir it up into a war. I don't think AEW has to do anything themselves, necessarily. Yeah, like, you know, they don't have to do anything like break Triple H's weird Nazi throne. I mean, that's just cool. That was just it's the right thing to do. Cool. And, and hey, it shows that, you know, Cody Rhodes doesn't like the Iron Cross. And he doesn't like being the leader. He wants to he just wants to not take the leadership throne. It has nothing to do with anybody else. I can't believe we're still using Iron Crosses in merch in 2019. Fucking real. Yeah. Also, Man. just just a note from back earlier. Just Motorhead fans fucked us all. <laughs> um, the NWA Women's Champion is currently Allison Kay, who we know for losing to Mia Yim in the first round of the Mae Young Classic. Hooray! So, Which is a good transition. Yeah. John, what did reason, you watch? Yeah, the reason I ask is because watching NXT this week, the first ever two-hour episode on the USA Network, it definitely felt like... This was, in a lot of ways, uh, trying to counter-program, and they, um, them understanding it was a war going on. This felt like basically a show that had pretty much like three, uh, I would say, close to takeover quality, like, quality matches. Not Maybe not in the sense of like, you know, being like the quality of a takeover match, but definitely in like the time and like the way that they booked them. Like, they kind of went all out on this show. In a lot of ways, it was really impressive. But, like, in a lot of ways, it felt more like we need to fucking show up AEW with our wrestling, with our everything. We need to just go balls out for this week. And, like, trust me, it's not like they didn't show off their talents here. Like, because the people that they had on this show are fucking ace. And they pulled it off. But, like, in a lot of ways, it felt like to their detriment. Like, a perfect example here is, you know, Io Shirai and Mia Yim had a match. And, like, I know that, like, kind of people are down on Mia Yim, and, like, I get it. She's not great. Like, she's she's good. She's got, like, an, a character that I enjoy watching, but, like, yeah. as far as in-ring talent goes, like, yeah, she's not the best. Yeah, she kind of pales to Io Shirai. Io sure. Shirai is fucking incredible, and Io, like, put on a fucking banger of a match and just did, like, a bunch of crazy fucking cool moves. Like, uh, she had, like, a cool... Basically, the way that she set up her win, which was, uh, you know, just getting the moonsault, was she kind of did, like, a, a sliding, like, you know, a sweep kick where she basically just, like, double-kicked a kneeling fucking... a uh, kneeling Mia Yim in the head, back of the head. Ooh, yeah. It was pretty awesome. Jeez. But, like... This was a match that went through two commercial breaks. Wow. So, so John, two commercial breaks for this match. And during the second commercial break is when they had, like, a ton of, like, super exciting near falls. Like, they had basically the vast majority of Mia Yim's comeback during, in the pitcher-in-pitcher during the second commercial break. So, so John, here's here's my it question. Was so weirdly booked. Sorry, what's that, Oscar? Here's my question for you. Then, is if NXT and WWE seems to be like because I because I, I think this is WWE's reaction anytime there's competition. Like when Impact moved to Monday nights, their response was, "We're going to bring Bret Hart back." Like they definitely overcompensate for everything. Do you think NXT runs the risk of burning itself out really quickly by trying to uh, 
counter-program aggressively every week? Yes, I do. Because what do you do next? Like, you know, you just... You had basically all but one of your titles defended tonight, and you set up the, the defense for the next one. Like, and that next defense is... You know, spoilers, it's a rematch. It's Velveteen Dream versus Roderick Strong again. Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean... And, if- like, they already, and like, they already had a rematch on this show. Because they had, you know, Vel- uh, they had Street Profits versus uh, Undisputed Era in the main event. Yeah, this is going to be my question as well, because it really felt like they shot everything out there. And now they're... they're it, it almost feels like the assumption there is, like, we put on our best show. AW can't compare to this, so they're going to have to, you know, definitely... They're going to just crumble at our feet, and then we'll just do our normal show. It's like, that's that's not going to happen. AEW's yeah. going to put on a banger in the next couple weeks. Guaranteed. Yeah. And how is NXT going to step up, or are they just going to you know coast down, and then people are... What, what is that going to accomplish? I mean, and honestly, so- the only thing it really seems like they set up is, you know, they the stuff that they set up last week of or you know the past two weeks of now Kushida and Walter are going to have their match next week right which I felt which, like you already hey, knew that's that that's fucking cool as shit but yeah. you know and so my, my next my next point is does NXT have any top talent left that they didn't show off that they can say that they can save for next week because like it definitely felt with AEW it's like yeah we didn't really get to see a lot of their top guys and they're saving them not really is the problem. I mean, you know, like, like let's look at the show that we had here. So we had, we had, you know, Io Shirai Miyim. Like in terms of the men's division, like literally the first match on the show, like completely commercial free, which was actually pretty cool because you know, again, they did basically like a fucking takeover main event to, to open the show, talk about starting the show with a showstopper. Mm-hmm. Hey, Oscar, I guess this is the match you were looking for: Matt Riddle versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Baby, I mean that sounds really great. Yeah, again, this match was like 25 minutes and just completely exciting. It had like a great buildup of like, you know, Riddle just doing like kind of the stuff that you often see out of him. And then Adam Cole just like pulling out a bunch of like cool transitions and stuff I hadn't really seen him do before. Things like uh, Riddle had him up in the fireman's care, you know, to do like the bro to sleep. But does it Col- does it do my problem with every NXT TakeOver main event where there's like a million kickouts? Yes. But at least for this match, I think that it worked in what, when they did it. It okay. wasn't as it wasn't as bad and egregious. Basically, uh, it's it's not a Johnny Gargano match. No, it wasn't a Johnny Gargano match. No, uh, Riddle kicked out of one Panama Sunrise, and it was fucking incredible. Like the crowd lost their mind. It was really cool. All right, I'll check that. But, I'll check that match out. Yeah, no, it was a really exciting match. And again, like you know, they had that spot where. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Cole was in the fireman's carry, or Riddle had Cole in the fireman's carry. Cole transitions out a bit, like gets thrown up, and then transitions into a backstabber. That looks really cool. They just then went to just like a whole bunch of crazy transition stuff. Dude, Riddle does like a flying senton off the top rope. Doesn't really hit it, but still. Like, I, I, I look forward to seeing the six minute version on uh, Friday before SmackDown because I live in Canada. Yeah. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Like, if if, the, if all these matches went long, how are they going to edit this down to one hour? That's the thing, is I don't know. It's like, I feel like they can only really show, like, two matches then. Unless they're just going to, like, cut a bunch of content out of, like, you know, a bunch of the matches here. They're going to have to pull up the AXTV thing where it's like, uh, we're just going to take a Japanese pay-per-view and cut it into four weeks of shows. But, but they've been saying it's going to be up to date. I mean... Like, 
They'll find a way. But that a week didn't to, happen. But to get back to your point of like kind of putting everything out there too much, like again, the overbooking of Adam Cole is a perfect example here. They had that great match, which admittedly was super exciting until the very end because I'm a, once again I'm gonna say it. Adam Cole's last shot is not a good-looking finisher, especially when uh, he's doing the version where he has the exposed knee and he clearly isn't going to hit them with his knee and break his kneecap. Yeah. So, like, basically, they show the shot on the live thing. It clearly looks like he doesn't hit him. They show the replay and they show it from a different angle. Looks even worse. You know, don't pick finishers. That don't make contact, because if they did, they'd actually kill a person. Just do the Panama Sunrise, okay? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. But then, as Cole is celebrating, fucking Finn Balor comes out. Yeah. And announces that he's now a permanent member of the NXT roster. Well, it's good, because he certainly wasn't doing anything in Raw or SmackDown. I mean, he's getting murdered I, by the fiend. Yeah, that's I, true. Cho- I choose to believe the reason Finn Balor's dressed all in black and is sad now is because Tottenham are very bad this year. <laughs> and this is the day after Tottenham loses seven two in the biggest fucking loss of an English team ever in England. I'll allow it. So I choose to believe that that's why Finn Balor is all evil and sad now. Uh, Tottenham died and said, my hotspurs have made me dark Balor. <laughs> so, later in the show, we have, hey, spoilers, uh, Undisputed Era beats the Street Profits for the, the tag team titles. Eh, oh, I'm, 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 I'm shocked. No titles change hands this show. I, that, actually, I am surprised about. I'm surprised that, uh, Shana, that, uh, that Shayna Baszler is getting a 2002 Era Triple H run. Yeah, yeah that, well, that's true. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to that though. Uh, but Cole comes out to celebrate, like after you know the his boys win the match, and he's on there standing on the ramp, and then guess who comes out? But that fucking guy. Yeah, it's Champa. He's back. So, I have I have watched that video where they put Chompa's theme over Chris Benoit's Titantron so many times that my immediate first reaction was, wait, is that Chris Benoit's music? Oh my god. No. Chris Benoit's kid is going to AEW. We all know this. <laughs> it's just, again, like you said, it feels like they kind of just threw everything they had out there for, like, no reason. Because, like, where do you go from here? It's like, okay, cool, now Finn's here. Oh, now Chompa's back. Like, okay, so who's Cole gonna fight? What? I guess you kind of have to kick like one of those guys and kick him down the road a couple months and, hey, forget about you. Uh, we're just going to focus on this guy now. If they, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm, I'm surprised because you're saying they're doing a rematch for the North American Championship, Dream versus Strong. Yes, they are. I totally would have thought that Dream losing the North American Championship with interference from Cole would have been their way of being like, hey, you know, Velveteen Dream's super over. We think it's time to give him the title. I would have thought so, too. Or, like, at least put him back in that scene, since, you know, he had, like, the one match against Ciampa, but, like, now have put him against Cole. Why yeah. not? No, I agree. Like, that, I feel like that would have made sense here, but, it, it, again, it just seems like they're just kind of in a holding pattern right now. I don't think WWE knows what to do with the Velveteen Dream character. 
I do wonder. I mean, yeah. he cut a fucking great promo tonight, though. Like, his music played the entire time, like he was fucking Prince, the Prince version of New Jack. That was really cool. So, that's like, that's somebody you want to keep up there to constantly combat, like, AEW, because what will Velveteen Dream say next? I can't unsee this if I don't see it live. Especially when he's... Yeah, and especially when he's saying nonsense about how, like, you know, he's used to taking on multiple men at once. (laughs) That'll get cut. And that being in the ring is the ultimate climax. Oh, that'll get cut. I'm worried that in that one-hour edit, they're just going to cut out all the Velveteen Dream. Oh, they most definitely are going to cut out all the Velveteen Dream and his uh, new park bench that he has that's surrounded by women. Uh, Park bench women are my favorite. I, I love I love I how girls with bad intent. <laughs> I I mean, Velveteen Dream is Ralph Feinstein. Uh, I belong Feinstein. Same thing. He he he'll all turn. Fuck. That catchphrase just doesn't work. We'll we'll come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, like like. So then, because you're asking us where AEW goes next week, where does NXT go next week? That's the thing is, I kind of don't know. It's like, you know, let's talk about the other matches, like some of the yeah. other matches here. Like Shane and Candice, they had a, like, they had, they had a really good match. It was, it was a very, you know, I'm going to say it was like, it was a very TV match. Like this definitely didn't, wasn't one of the ones that felt like a, uh, a takeover match. That would have been Io and, and Mia, strangely. Again, I don't know why that was like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's just when like. like you had Johnny Gargano versus fucking uh, Shane Thorne. That was really fun and exciting, and it was, like, way shorter. Well, it's Shane Thorne. I mean, what has he ever done other than, like, be part of one of the greatest tag teams in Australia? Yeah, weird, right? Yeah. And, but anyway, yeah, like, the Shane and Candice match was really fun. Like, you know, there's some kind of weird things where, like, Shane has spent the entire match working over uh, Candice's arm, and then the finish had nothing to do with Candice's arm whatsoever because it was just a kid for a clutch. But, like... There's some really fun spots in there. There's a great spot where Candice uh, slammed, um, like, basically face-bustered Shayna onto the ring apron and then just hit, like, three fucking topes in a row on her. Ooh. Wow. It was pretty exciting. Like, it had some great moments, and then it just kind of ended in the same way that a lot of the Shayna stuff ends, of, oh, you're in the cure for a clutch, and you get out, and you transition out of it, and you do the pin, you do, like, some other things... But oh, then you're back in it, and you tap. Uh huh. And yeah, it was a it was a clean it was a completely clean win. No oh. interference from her dumb friends. She sent her dumb friends to the back before the match happened. Like so, we're just once again Shayna's reign of terror for a million years continues. And like, hey, I like Shayna. I'm not against it. But like, where do we go from here? Yeah, it's like you just took Candice LeRae as like the one person who hadn't like been completely buried by Shayna, that had like a good amount of fans behind her, and uh, back to the line, way at the back there. It's only to say nothing of the fact that like you know, hey, again I've been saying this on the show for you know the mothership bit, daddy, for weeks now, but like. It would have been really cool if you put the belt on Candace just to have her be a transition to put the belt on the Angel of Death, Shayna, or fucking Io Shirai. I was going to say, that's exactly what they need to do with it. Because, like, who wouldn't want to see that happen again in a match with the title on the line? But then you're not going to do, gonna do you... heel sh- Io versus heel Shayna. 
Yeah, you so have where to do you that. go from here? Do you think WWE is pissed off at Asuka and they want to give Shayna a title reign that is longer than Asuka's? That seems like a very WWE-ass thing to do. Like, it does like, seem like a very WWE-ass thing to do. Like, like, is this Nikki Bella erasing AJ Lee's record? Shit. It could be. It could be. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, and, and similarly, like, Undisputed Era versus Street Profits. A really fun match. They put on a really good show. Like, it, I feel like it, it, I understood why they let them have an overrun, even though, it, you know, it's kind of was... I feel like maybe instead of doing an overrun, you could have just, like, paced the show better yeah. and just, like, done the way that you did your ads and your breaks and all these things better so that it didn't feel like you were just trying to cram, like, all this shit in there just to, like, really be like, no, look at our work rate. Look at the stuff that we're doing. Fuck it, w- AEW, right? WWE doesn't know how to pace properly. Like that's my that's my worry with a two hour. That's my worry with a two hour NXT is that you know a two hour NXT is going to be a two and a half hour NXT to a two hour and forty five minute NXT because they know that USA will give them that overrun and they can just have the match go on as long as they want. See, that's the weird thing to me is that, like, AEW was supposed to be the group, and this is more part of my was thinking of when we were, you know, starting to watch this beforehand. It's like, are they going to be able to pace two hours with ad breaks? And AEW did it perfectly. Like, they had the proper send-off. This chaos still felt like it was there at the, at the end, but it was, like, and, not... It and was AEW not like we, also, mm-hmm. they're making sure to mention that it's like, hey, this match is for TV time remaining. Yeah, very WCW thing of mentioning, hey, yeah, by the way, if the TV stuff ends, we're just ringing the bell and calling this. Yeah. And like, hey, you know, Triple H, if you love WCW so much, maybe you should uh, end your show on time. Well, you know, doesn't keep time like Tony Khan, apparently. But yeah, it's like, TNT's not going to give overrun like that. We know that. TNT is, uh, or we don't necessarily know, I guess, but like, I, I mean, the show afterwards is a replay the, of fucking AEW. Yeah, they I think it's. Sa- I think it's safe to say that, like, at least for a while, they're gonna try and not risk it and show that, like, hey, we can do a tight two hours and we do all that, so that, like, when they ask to do the overrun, then it's like, look, see how we can put all this shit into two hours. If we're asking for it, we need it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's something that if the ratings come out in favor of AEW, I think they can start getting away with stuff. Half a year down the road. A year down the yeah, road. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. Oof. But, yeah, US, again, USA overruns. Jeez. Yeah, USA overruns, but for, a, again, a very good match that I really enjoyed because, yo, Montez Ford and Undisputed Era are fucking talented as shit and really exciting. Yes. And then Angelo Dawkins is there. Yeah, absolutely. He kind of shoves people around, and that's it. Also, yep. yeah. I really need to throw this out there. Wale, fucking whack. Yeah. While they doing that entrance, like, he, you know what, Adam Cole, I don't know who that, that guy is that they had rap for Adam Cole, but he did a song for Adam Cole. While I was just, like, the worst hype man. He's just going, when I say street, you say profit. And, yo, know, we want the smoke. We want the smoke. And it was like, yeah, he got the crowd into it, but it's like, you didn't fucking need Wale to do that. No, and it's also, Are- like, yeah, YouTube star guy for, yeah, he wanted to make themes, so, of course, he's going to bust his ass, unlike Wale. And, and 
Yeah, I mean, fucking, I don't know anything about Wale other than that song he did with Lady Gaga, like ten years ago. He was on SmackDown for the New Day. I know he was in there for the New Day rap battle. I still have no idea who this guy is, other than that guy that did that one song with Lady Gaga like ten years ago. That's fair. Anyway, yeah, the only other thing that really happened on the show was Pete Dunne and Danny Burch had a match. It was fine. That sounds good. Oh, and but it was also the only other thing that they set up as a thing going forward is now Damian Priest doesn't like Pete Dunne for some reason. Hey, I'll watch that match. That sounds cool. Damian Priest is an okay guy. Yeah, Damian Priest is Damian Priest is my favorite Baron Corbin knockoff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he. I think he's better than Baron Corbin personally, but you know. oh yeah, he is. But he's also the exact same character as Baron Corbin. Yeah, true. So, I mean, he just still has hair, right? So I what hope. you guys are saying? What you guys are saying is that there was one top star that wasn't on NXT that. Whenever they need to bust out the ratings war against AEW, they can always make sure that NXT is quite fine and bust out my beautiful fine boy Kona Reeves. Fuck Kona Reeves. Fuck Kona Reeves. Fuck Kona Reeves. I will allow Kona Reeves to appear on the condition that it is the debut of John Morrison and he murders him. Yes. Fuck Kona Reeves. You're right, Kona Reeves should murder John Morrison. Fuck you! Fuck Kona Reeves. <laughs> Alright, yeah, that's that's it for NXT. Like, hey, it was, a, it was a good show. It definitely had a lot of great wrestling. But, like, in a lot of ways it kind of felt like overkill. And, like, I don't really know where they go from here. Whereas, yeah, everything that you said about AEW and, like, the little bit I watched was like, I really need to see what this was and where this is going because, like, I'm excited for this. NXT, it's like, this is good. This is really good. But, like, I don't know. It feels like they're doing too much and like being too reactive, you know. Well, they won't stop until NXT until AEW is dead and Vince McMahon owns Kenny Omega. Well, I guess it turns out that we won't stop either until that happens. So, yep. Hooray! <laughs> Look what we've gotten ourselves into this time. It's another Wednesday night war, except it's the first one. All right. I mean, I mean, what's Wednesday if not just like Monday, but like in the middle of the week? I mean, yeah, technically that's exactly what a Wednesday is compared to a Monday. You know, it's like the original draft of that Prince song, Wannick Wednesday. What is a Wednesday? Uh, it's a miserable pile of secrets in the middle of the week. But enough talk. That's been it for episode one of Heal Alternative. Our crazy new show that we did. I don't even know how to end this, but I don't know. I guess I'll just say some words. Check us out over ProWrestling.cool. Oscar? It's not, it's not just cool, it's not cool. God damn, you've been wanting to fucking say that thing, and then you just left me hanging here. I didn't know that I was going to be the one that was allowed to say it. I Who else was going to say it? I'm not going to say it. I, I didn't know that... We didn't rehearse this bit. I, I'm it's not a website. Who, about Go to the website. About wrestling. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't do the bits. Unless it checks I, out on I, Patreon. Yeah. At Patreon.cool. It's not just cool, it's Patreon.cool. God damn it, I said I was going to do the bits! <laughs> it's pretty exciting. And yeah, uh, also check out our sister podcast, Heel Turn, every Monday over on this very stream. And yeah, I don't know, other than that, uh, y'all want to do plugs or something? Is that even something that we, we're going to do? 
Follow me on Twitter at Osaga the Great, Instagram at Osaga the Great, TikTok at Osaga the Great. If you look up Osaga the Great on any social media platform, it's probably me. And you can follow me on Twitter at PSEG or on uh, Mixer.com slash PeaceEgg, that's P-E-A-C-E-E-G-G, on Twitch.tv slash PeaceEgg, and also, if you want to follow me on Instagram for some reason, it's War Omelette, because you can't have Peace Egg without War Omelette. It does make a lot of sense. And I've been your host, John Gavrex Kim Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including Twitter and Instagram at IamJohnGM, on Twitch at Video underscore Shames, and, of course, Venmo at IamJohn. Venmo already. Come on. Pay him. Pay the man. Pay the man. Come on. Someone has got to. This has been episode one. The first of many, presumably, of Heal Alternative. How are we feeling? How are we feeling now that we've gotten through one of these? I had a great time. I didn't even bring up the rankings more than once here, so when I actually get those working and not fucked up, uh, they'll be great. Yeah, this is going to be cool. Look, we got a whole bunch of crazy ideas for this. We got some really exciting stuff that we're planning. And, like, hey, again, I just want to say, like, to everybody that's out there tuning in and joining us on this weird experiment that we're doing, like, thanks a lot. And, like, I hope that we can give you some cool, exciting new content that, like, you know, really changes how we can, like, actually talk about and think about wrestling and make it, like, not just terrible. Yeah. I mean, wrestling's awesome, folks. It doesn't feel like it sometimes, but wrestling can actually be fucking awesome. Yes. And we're going to celebrate that here on Heal Alternative. So, for Trace Evans and Oscar Bernard, I have been John Gerritsky-Maxwell. Until next Wednesday, y'all come back here. Yeah.